always something. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Shalane. Welcome to our talk for this week. It's going to be about joints and how they move. And also, how they don't move. Um, we're going to talk today about what are joints, how joints move, uh, range of motion, which we talked about last week, and most importantly, unsafe exercises that are pretty common out uh, that you see every day in the gyms. So let's get started very quickly. Two ways to classify joints, structure and functional. See how I put in my car reference for you, Joe? <laughs> You're going to have to see every week how I sneak in a car reference. <laughs> but uh, structural deals with um, the materials that's made out of, such as if it's a fiber, cartilage, or synovial, and if it has a cavity. The functional um, classifications go into how do they move. So are they immovable, slightly movable, or freely movable? So arthrosis means joint, and uh, it just says how movable those are. That's, that's the Greek word for it. So when we talked about range of motion, those are the joints that we were talking about, the, the movable joints, right? The ones that could get hurt. All right. Now, when we talked about uh, range of motion last week, we were saying that, you know, your flexibility basically is how much you can move a joint. And normal joint motion is only a certain number of degrees. And you can increase that. And then also through age, it decreases. So we want to make sure that we keep flexible so that we can keep moving longer. All right. Uh, let's see. This is not allowing me to do this. We talked last week about connective tissues, so you guys know a little bit about that, right? Um, we have three different ways to connect our, our joints, and we have the ligament, which connects, what do you guys, bone to bone, right? And then we have tendons, which connect bone to muscle. So. Basically, we also have then the synovial fluid sacs, which are empty, and then they fill as we move. So if we jump into motion, there's no cushion, there's no gel, you know, synovial fluid in there to prevent the cartilage from wearing away. So we want to, that's why we want to warm up prop properly before we can move. Okay. Now, ligaments support. Our, our joints. So they keep our joints where they're supposed to be. And as we keep moving them in ways that we're not supposed to, guess what? Those ligaments get stretched out. So the stretched out ligaments, do you guys raise your hand if you think that they go back in place or stretch back? They don't. They actually do not. So as they stretch, they just get even more stretched. 
they are pretty stiff, so it's pretty hard to pull them and stretch them. Now, tendons are more elastic, and, and they, um, they connect to a muscle, right? So basically, if the tendons get stretched, if you tighten and strengthen the muscle, you are pulling on that tendon and, and keeping that tendon at the proper elastic uh, place for supporting of your legs. So it provides support and movement. So this is why when we have issues with our joints, it's important to keep exercising the muscles all around that joint because then it'll keep that joint healthier for longer. Okay. All right. Poll, because you know I like it. Let's launch this poll. There you go. How many joints do you think are in the body? Go ahead and vote. Now, this is a little bit of a trick question. Everybody vote it. Dora, have you figured out how to vote? What are the choices? What's A, B, C? I'm sorry. Choice A, I should say this. Choice A, I'm trying to get my screen set up here. Choice A is 150. Choice B is 200. Choice C is 350. Choice four is, uh, D is 400. So everybody picked? All right, so this is joints in the human body. All right. You guys are so savvy. Two of you guys picked the right answer, so that's pretty awesome. So the answer is actually it depends. However, um, we start with it depends on your age, but we say that we have up to 350 joints in the body. Um, some bones fuse as we age. So when babies are born, they have 270 bones. And when adults at the end of you know, their life cycle, they have about 206 bones. And then some people have their bones fused together and then there's even less, but then those are still named bones, right? So the number varies between 250 and 350. The um, presence of synovial fluids, I'm sorry. So, okay, now I'm going to just ask. So put up one finger, two fingers, or three fingers if you think which ones. So I'm not going to do the poll, all right? So what joints are the most movable? You guys should all know this. A, B, or C. Fibrous, cartilaginous, or synovial? A, B, or C. So one, two, or three. Oh, door got it right. Yes, it's, it's synovial. All right, now what type of joints are the most common? Same, fibrous, cartilaginous, with cartilages or synovial? Cartilages. So now the difference between them, I didn't actually talk about it. But uh, fibrous joints are two or more bones in close contact that have no movement. So there's three different kinds of those. 
an example of one is a suture, which is a, you're like your skull. Um, another one is uh, with your teeth. Uh, it's another one is like your tibia and your fibula, fibula where it joins into your ankle. Now the cartilaginous joints are bones that are held very tightly together with only limited movement. So those are things like your vertebrae in your, in your spine and um, your pubis symphysis. I can't say that word. So uh, that symphysis actually just means immovable. So that's something that has very limited motion, like your hips, right? So that's your hip bones. Um, the synovial joints are the ones that we know about, the ones that move very, very freely. And those are all of our things like our elbows and our knees and our hips and our, our neck, things like that. So which ones? One, two, or three? Fibrous, cartilaginous, or synovial? It is synovial. It is the most common. And last questions. What type of joints are the weakest? One, same three. One, two, or three. Fibrous, cartilaginous, or synovial? Which one is the weakest? Guess. Everybody's guessing? It's a quick question, trick question. All three are synovial. <laughs> I got you, Joe. <laughs> All right. So the synovial ones, like we discussed before, are the ones that have these synovial fluid sacs. And they provide lubrication. Now, most of the joints that we think about are synovial joints, because they're the most common joints, right? They, um, they have, we have six different types of synovial joints. There are joints that pivot, so they only go this way and that way. They have only joints that hinge, so they only go this way and this way, right? There's a saddle joints, which kind of goes wiggly in and out and around. It's this one right here. Uh, there is a planular or plane. Um, now, if you guys can guess planular, where would that joint be? It would be, actually, Dor, you want to unmute yourself? Anybody wants to unmute? Bev? Yeah, foot because of plantar. Yes, yes, plantar fasciitis. Okay. Exactly. So that is the plantar, the plantar um, joint. Now, the conoids are um, basically bones. So it's like a, uh, it's also called elliptoids because it's an elliptical, elliptical like socket. So it kind of wiggles in, not all the way around, but kind of in two different directions, like this way, this way, and this way, this way, but not all the way around. And uh, the last one is the ball and socket. So 
that one has the most range of motion because it's a cup-like thing and there's like a ball at the end. So it has a lot more range. And the, there's only two in the entire human body. So one is the hip. Can everybody, anybody guess what's the next one? What's the other one? Shoulder, yes, you guys got them all right. Yes, that's the shoulder, exactly. All right, so now arthritis is a very common disorder of synovial joints. So it only it affects synovial joints. And the arthritis, like the way we think about it is it's like it's rust for our body. It's from when we don't use our body and things happen to our body at the joints. So that's where things are connected and that's where uh, things will have wear and tear. So a common one, the most common type is osteoarthritis. So the osteoarthritis, if you have this, which is very common, some of the best thing to do is to keep exercising. So you have to make sure that you exercise minimum two to five days a week with moderate and no more than three days of vigorous exercising. And you wanna be at not full capacity. You wanna be at a letter, lesser capacity, probably like 40 to 85%. And it's maybe better for you to do like eight to 10 minute bouts of exercise with little tiny rests in the middle, but not inactivity like lay down, but movement but kind of up and down and so for most people that have osteoarthritis your greatest fear is a fracture so you don't want to do any sort of high impact aerobics where you are pounding the pavement like running or jumping around so the other thing you want to be careful of is twisting so slow twisting slow when you're twisting if at all minimal twisting okay another one is a common one is gout and so there's uh, uric acids within a joint and they kind of get like this little red area and it usually is one or two joints that's affected uh, such as a big toe knee or ankle it could uh, affect it a few days and then return to the same joint or a different joint so when you have gout, you have to double check your kidney function and your doctor will ask you about that because you can also check your diet, which is excessive fructose. Um, so that is a reason to limit our amount of sugar as well. And another one is uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And some of this is what we were talking about earlier. If you can rest or support the uh, affected joint so that you can then exercise the muscles around it, that will help your rheumatoid arthritis even though um, it, is, it is painful. So you do wanna you know, actually not be to the point of severe pain, but you wanna try to exercise if you can. So a lot of people take get shots like steroid shots and things like that so that they can they're supposed to go then to you know PT and exercise their muscles but a lot of times people then get these shots feel like they're okay and jump around 
and then hurt themselves further. So it's, it's the time to use uh, exercise as medicine. Okay, let's do some joint motions because we want to, I always want to get you guys active. All right, ready? We talked about the planes of motion, right? So last week we had the picture of the guy, it was cut off. So we have a guy which has a plane of glass cut between his ears. So it goes all the way out from the sides of his body. How do you clean that plane of glass? It's, I'm sorry, the plane of glass is cutting through the middle of his body. I said that all wrong. It's cutting through in between his eyes, right? All the way down his body. How do you clean that plane of glass? Yes. So any movements with your knees, right? That would, or behind you. So those are all forward and backward motions, right? Yes, yes, good job, Dora. Like leaning forward and back, you can clean it with your head, you can clean it with your knees, you can clean it with your hands, you can clean it with your elbows, right? So all of those motions are in the front and back plane. So it's like Sagittarius, right? Sagittarius, they have the archer, it's forward and back. The arrow goes forward. Okay, now frontal plane is when the plane of glass cuts you from your, between your ears so that it's to the side of you. So this, the plane of glass is all around the sides of your body. So how do you clean that plane of glass, right? Sort of like a jumping jack motion. We can go sideways, we can lunge, right? Yep, we can lift our legs up and down. We can lift our arms up and down, right? Okay. And the final one is if you're cut in half at your waist, so how would you clean that plane of glass? Nope, Dara, that would be a forward and back motion. Yes, right, it would be a twisting motion. So any sort of twisting motion, right? So those are the three different planes of motion. So all motions, all movements happen in one or more of those planes. Okay, now, so movements that only happen in the forward and back plane are flexing. So let's flex our toe up towards our face and down towards our face. So that's remembered that the plane of glass is in between our eyes. So then we're gonna, let's say they're in between our feet, right? So how do we clean that plane of glass? By lifting up and down, wiping the sides of our feet against the glass. So toes come up, toes come down. We can clean it backwards by lifting our heels up, knee is down, we're bending our knees, that's a knee flexion, and kicking it straight, knee extension, right? Yes, squats are in the frontal plane, exactly. Another one is lifting our knees up. We can bend forward like you were doing earlier, Dara, right? Yes, we can bend forward. We can lift our whole heel up straight behind us right? We can lean our shoulders forward. We can lean our shoulders back. We can lean our head forward, head back. We can move our hands up and down, right? We can move our hands all the way up and all the way down. So those are all extensions and flexions. Extension is extending 
and flexing is bending, like you're making a big muscle, you're flexing that muscle, flex. So the joint's uh, angle is getting smaller, joint angle is getting larger. Okay. Now, for a different topic discussion, we'll talk about muscles and how that happens. But for now, we're just going to talk about that joints do go in those different directions. So we have different degrees that are allowed from each of those joints. So we talked about this last week a little bit more about how much degree you need to do certain things. So let's talk about the ones from the side. So the glass, plane of glass, is all around you, going in between your ears and all the way up. So the movements that we have are lifting your foot out, lifting your foot in, lifting your entire leg out, and lifting your entire leg in. Bending to the side, it's actually called a lateral flexion because we are flexing our spine. Um, we can do shoulder abduction. So abduction is when movements are going away from the middle of your body and adduction is adding to the middle. So when we have our, let's see if you can see me. If you are, oops, you cannot see me. So if you have your thigh, right, and you are lifting it up, those are abductions. And when you're squeezing it in, it's an adduction. So here, when this goes out, it's an abduction. You're abducting your children, or somebody is abducting your leg that way away. And then adduction is towards the middle. So it's from out back in is the adduction. So those are the different adductors are the inside of your thighs and the abductors on the outside of your thighs. All right. And then we also can do the cervical, which is your, your neck for your head, right? So those side motions. All right, good. And of course, there are certain degrees for all of those as well. So joint movements in the transverse or rotational kind of plane. So external rotation is turning something out away from the middle of your body and internal is turning in, okay? So there is an actual twisting motion. So we have our feet. You can turn your feet out. And that, is, that motion is from your hip. So it actually is your hip going out. Your feet are just being dragged along for the ride, right? And you can turn your feet in. So that's an internal rotation. You can turn our palms in and out, right, on either side. You can turn our elbows in and out, right? We can turn our whole bodies twisting. We can turn our heads, right? Yep, good. And this one is a tricky one because this is a shoulder abduction and adduction. So we think of abduction and adductions in the lateral planes, but this actually is a motion in the rotational transverse plane. So it, it's, it's a tricky one. So that one, because 
we are kind of cross, it's like we're, we're, if we were wiping that glass, it would be this way, right? So that's why it's part of the transverse plane, because we're wiping the glass that's around our body. Does that make sense? Okay. So as you can see, certain joints and certain motions only happen in certain planes. So for example, lunges, front lunges only happen forward and back. They shouldn't be going side to side. So if we're doing a curtsy lunge, which happens a lot, guess what? Is our knee going in the proper direction? If the back knee is going backwards? No, right? So then you're gonna, you're now doing a twisting kind of motion with your knee when it should be going straight forward and back. And then when we do things like for posture, right? When we talk about kinetic chain, this whole thing that we talked about last week, we have to make sure our knees and feet are in line so that we can keep those joints in the proper plane and in the proper direction. Yes? Does that make sense? Do you guys have any questions? Please ask. So again, we want to make sure we have this good posture to start off the motion and to keep that posture throughout the motion. Because, what's yes? The, what's the amount of degrees that your knee is supposed to be able to bend? So your knees only go, let's go back. I know, so I your knees are over here, right here. So it's only 150. So it goes, this is 150. And for most cases, it should be at 90. So it should be 90 to be perfectly safe, but it go, you need it to bend 150 so that you can sit cross-legged. So sometimes you, your knee is, is straight, it's a hinge. Your knee is a hinge, hinge joint, which I didn't talk about, but it just goes in this direction, right? So when your knees hinge, but they are to the side, that's okay. But if your knees are hinging and twisting at the same time, then that's not okay. That's how you break that hinge, right? So if you're opening the door, it doesn't matter if your door is opening this way or opening this way. But when you start twisting the door to open it sideways, that's when you have issues and you'll break that hinge off because that doesn't the hinge doesn't go that way. So to keep is it that, safest. Is that how I got my torn ACL? Your ACL is probably, uh, it could be because, you know, you're twisting it in a certain way. So the, um, the ACLs happen a lot because people have either like a hip injury or an ankle injury. So then or a, a leg discrepancy, something that's causing one side to be kind of off balance. So when we talk about um, the kinetic chain, if we aren't in really perfect balance, we have impairments and we have imbalances. So the impairments would be things like um, you have, uh, let's say, let's say, for example, you're very constipated. 
all right so you constantly are like crunched over so you don't have proper range of motion for your hip to to be extended fully because you're constantly like crunched like this so if that's the case when you do a squat or when you're walking or moving your hip is out of alignment and so if your hip is out of alignment your knee is a is a dummy it's a dummy joint because it goes wherever your hip and your ankle tells it to go so your ankle is stuffed on the ground and your hip is going out the wrong way the knee is going to take the brunt of your problems so imbalances and impairments are really key um, to try to prevent because that's the point from your gyroscope right so if you have uh, an imbalance where one leg is longer than the other because you're constantly stretching one side or not stretching the other side or if you have an injury on one side and then you're off uh, center or you, you know like Beverly you carry that big bag right so that will tilt the way your hips like if you tilt one way then your hips are going to tilt the other way and guess what your knees are going to tilt one way and then now you're pushing down on the ground with more pressure on one foot than the other pressure so your whole body is an entire chain that we want to keep uh, strong and in the proper balance so let's so for example let's say that's another example that's very uh, random that we don't think about is somebody who maybe says that they have Achilles pain and they they constantly have pain in their heel right well the problem is our body again is that chain so if you just go to a foot doctor and see that your heel is constantly stressed and pushed out then they might say okay you're going to need surgery you're going to do this but then sometimes the cause of that could be something really far away from your feet it could be because you have a deviated septum and you can't breathe so it could be the fact that you're constantly leaning forward trying to breathe through your nose to get it into the proper place where you can get a breath and then your head is then adjusting to account for that which is causing your whole entire body to lean forward so our body is this really like complicated and amazing self-leveling kind of thing. However, if we self-level it always wrong, then it will cause a lot of problems down the road, right? So this is why we have to make sure we are trying to always get ourselves before we sit, stand, move into that proper posture. So that is your best bet of keeping safe, is keeping your uh, kinetic chain. All right. Now, joint problems are also based on what we talked about, range of motion, you know, trying to go way past what you think you can or what your body is uh, able to do based on age or injury, um, lack of use, and also the type of joint, the direction that you're making it go. So is it only supposed to go forward and back and then you're making it go side to side, you know, that kind of thing. So with that, there are common contraindicated exercises that we really try to avoid, especially as a group exercise instructor. I really try not to do any of these kind of exercises in class or modified exercises.
And some of them are really good for us. So there was a reason that we were doing that to begin with, but then a lot of people were getting injured. So um, that's why if you ever need to, you can look up contraindication or contraindicated exercises for seniors or for knees or for, for, for shoulders, whatever you like, and that will tell you things that are bad for that joint. Okay. Now I used, you know, I, I could pick ones for seniors, right? I could say, oh, you know, let's pick some contraindicated things for seniors. But people would be like, well, you know, I'm not a senior. I don't want to, I don't, I can do that. My body is fine. So I actually went and used um, contraindicated exercises that were listed by the Navy. Okay, so if Naval SEALs, I mean, Navy SEALs and Marine Corps people are not supposed to be doing this, guess what? You're not supposed to be doing it either. <laughs> okay? So, one of the things that happens in yoga is this yoga plow or an overhead bicycle. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. You could press your neck into this extremely forward position and you flex your cervical spine in this extreme fashion. Um, you're overstretching that long limit down, uh, ligament down the back of your neck. And it really could just put too much load on um, your cervix. And additionally, like the weight of your legs are not meant to be supported by your neck vertebrae. Your neck vertebrae is holding your head. It's not meant to hold all the weight from your hips and your legs. And especially if it's all forward like this, where it's, it's heavier. So if it was standing straight up, it's less pressure than if it was standing down. So it's like uh, the angles also happen. But overall, any kind of thing where you're pushing down on your neck like that, bad news. There's no safe alternatives, okay? Huh? Are any of these exercises good for or not dangerous for younger people? Um, yes, so you just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should do it. So if you're young and you start doing that when you were young, maybe you can train all the muscles around your neck to be stronger. But as soon as you add in things like weight, and um, exercise and the amount of uh, type of foods that you eat, if they're inflammatory and anti you have all of these factors then that adds into a chance of you getting injured. So let's say a child signs up for gymnastics. They do have for that, those exercises. So should they not do them or what do they do? Right, so the thing is um, the Navy, recommends that you do not do them. And as a group exercise instructor, I recommend, re recommend that you do not do them. So it's one thing is to increase your flexibility by trying to get you stretched, but it's another thing to really put pressure on joints that should not, have never been intended to, to, to hold that much weight. So if you do end up, um, in this position, the pressure right here on your on your neck can cause spinal injuries. So 
you really have to ask yourself, you know, is it worth it? And are people doing it properly? Right? So, um, you know, yes, if they're younger, their bones are soft and everything is better, but, you know, we talk about athletes doing things that normal people should not do <laughs> or can do. And that is so that hopefully they will pay for college and then give themselves a good job or be a star athlete and help themselves get a good, you know, uh, bankroll or be famous endorsers because eventually they're going to have to pay for medical bills for their body. Your body does not, does not uh, support long-term use in this way. So you're abusing it and if you want, you know, if people weigh the, you know, like gymnastics, you're not meant to tumble around and then land and stick that landing and then throw your hands up in the air and arch your back like that. Like that is terrible for your body, you know? But there's a reason why gymnasts usually, you know, stop and peak at like 25, right? They, their body just cannot do a lot of these kind of exercises. So they really are not that safe, but if they are slowly stretching and going into it, it is safer for them for a while. Does that make sense, Lenora? Okay. Yeah, you just, you just could have said no. <laughs> yeah, it's a no. <laughs> but no, people no, do it anyway. No would have been okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, this is like my kids. My kids are like, mom, just tell me no. <laughs> tell me why. All right, so um, this is a big one, neck rolls. People do this all the time. They roll their head in 180 degrees all the way around, and then they also stretch their necks really far back. As a general rule, exercises that hyperextend your neck should be avoided, and neck rolls should be avoided because our, our, you can pinch the nerves in the base of your neck and at the base of your, uh, in your neck and at the base of your skull. You can grind on disc and produce dizziness. So I have a friend whose uh, daughter has neck issues from, I don't know what, it was from falling, I think from a ski accident or something. She has visual snow, she's dizzy. She's a beautiful young girl and can't, you know, doesn't know when she will have visual snow or 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 dizziness so that is very de debilitating you know that means that you can't drive that means that watching movies are uncomfortable you know like all of these things can happen if you mess with the nerves in your in your neck it's just not worth it so okay. the alternative Any, is by yes anytime that i'm in like a hair salon and i have to you're kind of doing this when you have to um, get your wash hair. your hair washed. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if that's if there's an alternative to that. So you can ask for the seat to be raised, or you can try to keep uh, your chin tucked so that you're elongating your spine. So then you just switch it around so that keeping that chin tucked will really protect your neck to be in a proper position, right? So one of the stretches that we do a lot in class is tilting the head to the side and moving the ear towards the same shoulder. You can also, to increase the um, amount of pressure, is to push down with one hand 
and you really will feel the stretch in your neck. So you can stretch the sides of your neck at a time and you can also tilt your head and then bring it, your chin up, but we're not trying to crank our neck all the way around like you're on the hair, hair salon chair, yeah? Okay. Uh, a lot of people see these pull-down machines and lats are amazing, traps, all of those back muscles are important for when people are hunched over. So th these are muscles that we need to, to exercise by a pulling down or pushing up kind of motion. The problem is when we're using bars behind our neck, again, we have a heightened risk of cervical injury. So it actually is not as effective. They've done studies. So to really activate the lats, you're better off with the bar in front of your, in front of your chest. So anything behind your back, just avoid. Just always switch it to the front. Likewise, a lot of people bring the shoulders all the way up and bring their um, humeral abduction is, is this is your, your humerus bone, right? So you're trying to keep your shoulders and your elbows level. So you don't want to keep your, get your elbows, elbows higher than your shoulder. So any type of lateral movements you want to make sure is not higher than your shoulder. So 90 degrees parallel to the ground, you're good. Here, slightly dangerous because you're impinging that rotator cuff and shoulder movement because it's not meant to go that way. Now, going forward is a different story, right? So this is a different movement that that hip ball socket will allow this movement, but it won't, it shouldn't allow movement up here. You want, we want to keep your shoulders down. So can you pull you know, things up this way, yes, versus like this. So we don't wanna, we wanna zipper only up to our chest and not zipper up to our chin with our elbows, right? So keeping those elbows and the shoulders level. We have another one that people do a lot of times is they lace their fingers behind their back and then they bend forward and stretch. Now that is bad because bouncing ballistic movements really should be avoided, especially when stretching. Um, so, and, and exercising in general as well. Because um, when you do this dynamic bouncing movement, it activates your muscles into this tensor thing. So it actually tenses it. And then after a while, if you keep doing it, after 30 minutes, uh, 30 seconds of doing it, it releases. So then all of a sudden, your muscles stretch and you are out of um, alignment because your muscles are longer than they're supposed to be, right? So kind of dynamic stretching is when we have this bouncing ballistic movements where we are like extending our calves, uh, heel stretches one at a time. So we do that during warmups and then we don't do that during cool downs as much. Shalane, are you gonna tell us which exercises are good? <laughs> yes. All right, so normally I do have alternatives for these, for most of these. So, uh, so the alternative to this exercise is doing a chest standing chest stress up against the wall. So you can do it so that you're pushing this way. I have a, a PDF that I can send to you or a picture. 
and it's in the video, I mean, in the folder of all the uh, handouts. Uh, so you can do that through a doorway or you can do both. Now, the thing is to, of course, keep your shoulders pressed away from your ears and down and then keep your elbows not high, right? Down and away. So try to go for a wide positioning of the elbows. So that is the, the alternative to stretching your shoulders, chest, and arms. Now, another thing that people were doing that, I mean, when I was doing army uh, PT, physical training, not personal training or physical training, uh, we were doing all of these donkey kicks. So we would bring our knees down to our chest and then kick them all the way high up into the sky. So this places a lot of stress on your lower back. So anything where your lower back is being arched excessively is not good for your lower back. So, for example, you know, men who look like Santa Claus have, you know, a tummy, their back is hyper-arched. It's a, it's a issue where your back will then be a lot of, uh, be uh, compressed on one side versus the other side. So if you have like discs in, in your spine, and in between are like jelly filling, and you push on one side, the jelly filling comes out the other side, right? So if you constantly are pressed on one side and the jelly filling is always on the other side, the side that doesn't have jelly filling is gonna be constantly rubbing. So you have a lot of lower back issues and it could be causing a lot of pain. So um, the alternative is to be on your elbows and then to make sure that you don't arch your back. So basically, if you are, if you put your knees bent so that your knees are not straight, that would also keep it from hurting your back. And also, if you keep your hips straight and uh, to the ground, like, um, like we were talking about for the kinetic chain, instead of tilting to one side, that's a sign that you are twisting your spine and and uh, you are extending further than your body is able to do it. The other thing you can do is when you're doing standing donkey kicks to kick 45 degrees to the side and not too high, kind of kick them knee height and behind you. So then you can still work those glutes and hamstrings, but you are kicking behind you at an angle and low. So that those are two alternatives to to this type of exercise. Now, I had to do these flutter kicks forever. And this was, you know, I went, I was in ROTC, I don't know, 25 years ago, more than 25 years ago. So we would do all of these exercises. And then, you know, now they realize that this is dangerous for us. But it's because a lot of people would arch their back or put their hands, this is another one, they would put their hands underneath their back ostensibly to support your back, but what you're doing is now you're causing an arch, right? So now you're causing an arch, even though it's a supported arch, it's better than having no support, but it actually is forcing your back into an arch instead of making your back flat against the ground and, and be supported. So this really um, puts stress on your lower back and your neck. So, so the alternative is this dead bug. You do 
one arm and one leg at a time. So that works your op, you use the opposite arm and opposite knee. And that will work your core very safely. Hi, Angelo. Instead of doing these flutter kicks. All right, burpees. Everybody knows burpees are really good for you. However, if you do these CrossFit burpees, where you kind of like slap yourself up against the floor and then arch up, that will cause a lot of compression on your spine. It can cause fractures and stress reactions in your body as well as muscle strains from hyperextension. So the alternatives are to do very straight, stiff burpees where you're into plank and then up, or just stay with plank, stay with side bridges, Superman swimmers. So this is from the Navy. The Navy says, don't do sloppy burpees. They actually call it um, an, uh, an eight count bodybuilders. So that's what the old name was for it. Another contraindication is weighted sit-ups. Now we all did these, right? We all did these things where, you know, like Rocky style where they held your feet and then you would go come up and then like twist, right? This actually is not great for you either because a lot of people round their back, number one. Number two, um, they, they, they have trunk imbalances to begin with so that they have a higher risk for back pain. And um, that causes discompression and your hip flexors also are not, are always really tight, is causing all sorts of issues because um, you are pulling on your neck, you're pulling on your back, you are, uh, your hip flexors are just at this small angle. So it really recruits the hip flexors because if you ankle, anchor your feet, it further pushes your hip flexors to pull on the hips and your spine. So all of those connective issues, connective tissues are further stressed. And hip flexors are something that everybody usually has really tight hip flexors. So if you do this exercise with tight hip flexors, you get hurt extra. All right. Uh, cherry pickers. Don't do those, especially with straight knees. So if we have high blood pressure or if we're older, bringing our head underneath our heart is an issue, but also any sort of forward bending with a twist and straight legs are very dangerous to your spine. Again, same thing with the wood chop. So if you have two straight legs versus in a lunge position and doing the wood chop. The wood chop in a, with, in a lunge is safer than wood chops with two stiff knees. So that is when you're going, you know, like a golf swing, right? So the golf swing is the reverse wood chop from down to up. So this is why golfers always have to bend their knees, right? So this mo motion is also contraindicated. Uh, toe touches. We always used to have to do this. Now, do, if you're doing this for um, a test for your doctor or to see if you're 
the amount of stretch that you have, that's okay once in a while. But if you're doing this as part of your regular exercise routine, it overly stresses your lower back. So there are options, which is the hurdler stretch that's modified. Another one, toe touch, contraindicated. The, um, a lot of people round the spine and they put the entire weight of their torso is on your lower back. So no good, right? The figure four stretch is really good to stretch your hamstrings. And um, also hurdlers, we all knew about this. We used to have to do this in high school. When we were doing this, right, your knees are straight. It pushes pressures on your back. When we're doing this, our knee is what? Twisted. So we have rotational issues with our knees that now causes the knee to be stressed. So this, even worse. People do all these kind of crazy exercises. Don't put your knees, uh, your feet behind you and your knees forward. You can even see how her knee is like popping out. So the modified hurdler stretch is when you put your foot in towards the inside of your leg. Now, we are trying to do what this lady is doing, which is keeping a nice, straight, long spine and dropping our chest down, not curling forward and trying to reach for that toes. So the act of trying to pull the toes is not important. The important thing is to really be in the proper position so you can be safe. Both of these knees. Now, even though these knees are kind of more straight, um, when you have both knees flexed, it's going to overly stress the knee joints. So when we were talking about the 150 degrees, Beverly, this is kind of like past that 150 degrees. So we don't want to do this exercise at all. Again, we're going to be able to do this modified stretch and do them one at a time instead of doing both. Or we can do quad stretches that pull standing where we're holding a wall. Now notice your knees are going to be together. You're not gonna be putting your knees apart. They're gonna be nice in line because kinetic chain, right? Knees and feet are all together, same direction. So you notice this guy has his knee down. You can pull it with a strap. You can do it laying down. You can do it in a chair. When you're in this position and you push your hip forward, if you're in your chair, let's do this really quick. This is a good one. Just push your hips forward. You can feel it in your hip, hip structure, right in your hip flexor, sorry, right in your hip, the joint of your hip, and also your quad, which is the muscle that's in front of your thigh. So do you feel that stretch? And it's just a small movement. So you don't need to do crazy things. You can also do it while laying down on a bed with a strap. Yeah? Okay. So you have a lot of options for, for quads. Um, Deep squats. Navy is saying, no, don't, don't do it. So you know what? We really shouldn't do it as well. When we talk about breaking the plane, which is the plane of 90 degrees with your, your uh, hips and your knees, then that causes a lot of pressure at one point, which is on your knees. So the difference with doing that is um, if you if you think about um, force, right? 
the the amount of force that you exert is magnified if you make it pinpoint. So if you are pushing on an area with your finger, it's more than if you were pushing on it with your knee. But if you're pushing on it with the same amount of force with a needle, it would feel totally different. So what we're doing is we are decreasing the contact area and making it all your knees. Uh, and that puts too much force on our knees. So we just don't want to squat as deep. Lunges, deep lunges, again, with the knees past our toes, right? More than 90 degrees. This is why I always tell you guys, knees not over your toes, because it's a lot of pressure. Now, the safer lunge is to lunge backwards than to lunge forwards, because if you lunge forward, a lot of people want to have that forward momentum, and then they get into this position. Whereas if you lunge back, you know, you tend to bring your knees behind your toe. The other thing is to just do a standing lunge instead of moving lunges. So that's the alternative. You can just lunge without doing. Mountain climbers, uh, people have to be careful about keeping their spines uh, in the proper position. Bench presses, again, with arching of their back. Deadlifts, again, with flexing of their back. So all of these are common good exercises that are really good for us, but could be wrong if we do it wrong. So always think about safety first. And what are your takeaways? We're trying to wrap us, wrap us up. We started a little tiny bit late, so I wanna wrap us up right now. I definitely am gonna try to do some quad pulls. I have like bands here and I can uh -huh. do laying down. Awesome. Um, I want to try to get more range of motion in my knees. Yes. So um, quad pulls is good. With the knees, the quads and the hamstrings are two muscles that you really want to stretch. So the hamstrings are the other one. Okay. So you want to do both. Um, the knee Yes, so that, that actually will be really helpful for your knee. Uh, the anterior tibialis also is another one that you wanna, and the calf is a, you wanna strengthen the anterior tibialis. So any of these like duck walks, hold onto the counter and point your toes up and then walk like a duck. That's a really good one. And then also uh, stretching the calves. So all of those are attached to your knees and you wanna get them longer so that you can bend it more, absolutely. Um, Anti-inflammatory, I didn't talk about that, but inflammation in your joints is what's going to cause issues. So if your joints are not inflamed, then that gives you a better chance of being healthy. Awesome. Anyone else? What else are your takeaways? Dora? Well, Joe, my, Dara? Shalene. Uh-huh. My, my Zoom went off in the middle about, about 10 minutes ago, but I can see all four people, but I couldn't see your presentation, but I heard it. Oh, okay. Oh. I, had to, I had to give a personal ID number, which I didn't have right in my hand. Oh, I, well. I tried that's to. Okay. What? 
I said, that's okay. It happens. I know technology is always something. Thank you, though. All right. I find everything so interesting. Good. Well, I hope that you guys found that um, ideally just doing what people, fitness instructors tell you might not always be the best thing for you if you need to always listen to your body. And then two, think about it, whether or not that makes sense, if that's something that is a good exercise for you. So it's okay to modify at any point in a class if you're not if and, and if the instructor is telling you oh you really need to be doing it like the way i'm doing it then that might not change instructors <laughs> yeah that might not be a good you know fit for you because you don't want to be hurt you know so if anytime you are hurting then you need to tell the instructor i don't like to do that it, it does not it doesn't feel good so if it goes down to the kinetic chain and they are staying with the kinetic chain, I would say ask your doctor, ask your you know, physical therapist, because those are licensed, trained people. All right. Um, well, thank you for being Jaleen, here with you know, me. Yes, foods fight, Jaleen, the foods that fight inflammation, uh, some of them are triggers for acid reflux, like tomato, Yes. And then uh, the citrus. Um, yes, yes, that is true. Um, my husband can't have a lot of tomatoes or citrus type of things. So, but um, they definitely do have alternatives um, for anti-inflammatory foods. I really like ginger and turmeric. Turmeric is not on here, but um, like cinnamon, ginger, turmeric, those are all great. So if you have like the chives, it's better if you do the, the actual ones versus, you know, like powdered. Uh, the powdered turmeric really is not as great for you, but you can take curcumin, which is uh, just, you can buy it anywhere at uh, Walgreens or Walmart. Um, and that is the turmeric alternative. So that's actually really good. Also, you. if, you're taking, if you're taking any kind of statins, you have to stay away from grapefruit. Yes. Yes, so if you have high blood pressure or taking statins, stay away from the grapefruit, absolutely. Yes, and some people, oddly enough, are allergic to garlic. I actually know somebody who's allergic to garlic, um, and he's Italian, so it's a problem. <laughs> it's a big problem. He's <laughs> crying, um, about to be disowned, right? No, uh, salmon, fatty fish, uh, tuna, those type of things are really good for you as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. And thank you for joining me today. I hope you guys um, realize that it's a never ending journey and we don't know what we don't know. So it's always okay to learn more and go, you know, uh, try to find answers for problems and questions that we have. All right, thank you all of you who are listening to me. And uh, if you'd like, go to getfit.com for the deck and PDFs of our previous classes. And uh, attendees, stay with me and we're gonna go out to breakout rooms. Thank you so very much.